Hello and welcome to this episode of the AF Mentors podcast. Considering how well the last episode I did with Tom went down, I've invited him back for another one. So Tom's here. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Thanks for having me back. It was it was cool to see that people enjoyed obviously what we were talking about and found it interesting as well. Yeah, so today I think will be even more useful because we're really talking about your speciality, which is creating a product. And then we're going to go on to talking about brand a little bit as well. Um, so we've spoken personally about your approach and kind of like the framework around how you would create the product or the program or how it, whatever you want to call it that you're going to deliver. And I thought it would be really useful for people to kind of go through that framework and then we can just riff off each point. Sure thing. Sounds good. All right, so I'm literally just reading from the notes that you sent me, but the first part is who you are and what your skill is. Yeah, so with anything that you're doing, I think it always starts with you. Um, You can try and build things that you think other people want, but if it's not authentically something that you are interested in, passionate about, maybe, you know, something you want to continue to get better at, or just something you enjoy. It it shows and quite often it will then not succeed because of that. So I think it really helps to start by figuring out what you actually enjoy doing, what you're good at, and build it up from there. Um, one of my favorite things is saying that you, the niche is you. You are the, the person that's going to deliver this. So it should be things that are authentically you. So figuring out these parts first is almost like the foundation of this. What do I like? What do I want to put out into the world? And a great question is, what do you want to be known for? Because that's effectively what your whole brand is. It's what you're known for doing. When someone asks, what do you? What does Tom do? What does Emma do? A brand is the way that other people describe you. Mm-hmm. And, and you can influence that, but that's, that's what you're trying to build is something that is authentically you that other people will then say about you when you're not in the room. So that's your personal brand. I really like that a lot of people create things. I think there's there's a, a Venn diagram of this somewhere on the internet, but it's like what your passions are and what you're interested in plus what the market fit is, right? Or like more to the point, what your customers actually want or need or a problem that you're solving for them. And I think Seth Godin put this really well. And it was some analogy about like, instead of creating a key and trying to find a lock to fit your key, find a lock that you want to open and create the key to open it, right? So instead of like, finding, instead of creating a solution to a problem and then trying to find people who have that problem, find a problem that people already have and create a solution for it. Yeah, so that's that's the other, there's two sides to it effectively, isn't there? There's There's a customer and there's you. So you need to find the bridge between the two. So what do I enjoy doing and what skill do I have? And then look at, okay, now I need to find a customer or somebody who would be willing to pay me for this. Obviously, we're looking at this from a business perspective. Somebody who'd be willing to pay me for a skill that I have and then work out what the connection is between the two. So that's the, yeah, the kind of ikigai um, diagram of what you're good at, what you enjoy and what the world needs. And there's a bunch of other stuff in there as well. But effectively, that's it. You've got to match up what you can offer to what somebody else is looking for and then create the solution between the two. The, the product is the bit that joins you to them. 
and and effectively is valuable for both of you because you need to feel like you're getting value for being paid for the skill and they need to feel like they're getting value because you're solving the solution for them so it's creating that valuable product that ties the two of you together so if we were making this really practical for people like i'm a brand new personal trainer wanting to build a business online where do i start with that so if you're a personal trainer and you're just starting out i think first of all understanding kind of the parts of fitness you enjoy which comes from experience so you're ultimately just going to have to try a few things see which clients naturally start gravitating to you when you when you're putting your your content out what do you like talking about and then who's coming back to that content who's you know a great way of doing it is put a, a couple of posts one on maybe fat loss one on behavior change one on building muscle one on endurance cardio just explore a few options first of all which one do you know the most about and which one do you enjoy but secondly who's coming to you for that content you know what what post got the most engagement who messaged you who commented and honestly it's, it's a straight you know look at the feedback what was resonating with people because if i put stuff out about menopause I might know some stuff about menopause, but probably people aren't going to come to me about uh, helping them with menopause because it doesn't feel like authentically something that I want to be doing maybe or something that they want to come to me for. So it's probably not a good match. But if I want to talk about muscle gain, getting ripped, you know, doing some sort of functional training, then people would feel probably that that's more me and that's why I had success in those areas. It, it just came from, I'm just going to put some content out about what I like and I still do that to this day and then I'll try a few different things and if people like it all right well actually maybe that's that's an area for me to explore and then you just go a little bit deeper into that space right now for me you know I, for a long time I was putting out stuff about marketing about branding about uh, habit building about um, behavioral science and seeing which ones were doing well okay well i'm gonna i enjoy all these things but if everybody only wants these two then that's what i'm gonna focus on and do that's honestly like sorry i was gonna say do you think it also comes a little becomes a little bit like self-perpetuating because i was thinking that as you were talking that like what's a good example of this i don't get very many negative clients anymore because of the kind of content that i put out right like you'd never get someone who because I'm quite real about like what it takes to get results and like a little bit of tough love here and there I wouldn't attract people who aren't willing to put in the work who don't realize that they need to do that and I actually had a conversation with someone today almost about this it was it was actually a slightly different example but the the point that we got to is I was like maybe that business was trying to repel you because part of niche that we forget about is that like I don't want people who think that they're not going to have to put in any work to, for example, build their business or to lose body fat. And part of the way that I write my content is geared towards that. So that like, I wouldn't get someone who thinks that like, it'd be really odd if someone signed up to commit to six thinking they wouldn't have to do any work because of the way I frame things and because of the content I put out or even like, like attracts like, I guess is, is what I'm trying to get at. And so I think you're totally right, like test things out and see what works and what doesn't. But part of what works will 
often be what you're interested in a because of how you write about it and how passionate you are about it and how much more likely you are to go into depth and to keep going even if like initially there's not a huge like bite like Tom I know you love writing about behavior science even if the first couple of posts didn't like explode you probably still write about it because you love writing about it it's like almost like a byproduct like that then you'll start to attract other people who are interested in that kind of content so I guess it's like there's a little bit of both there isn't there that once you start being known for a certain topic then people are attracted to you because of that of course you you'll get back what you put out ultimately and if you're putting out positive but straight talking content then people will know that you're not someone that's going to sugarcoat it for them and therefore you will yeah you'll attract the right people and the the people who who want you to tell them that it's okay and you know I'm not going to say what other people might tell their clients but that's not your style I'm not going to tell you oh yeah you can try these raspberry ketones and they're going to work for you because you because you know that they don't and you actively say this stuff is bullshit um so people know what they're going to get from you so you you then naturally attract the right people for you and that's ultimately what you want is you want to work with clients who you enjoy working with and that comes from not trying to be somebody else online because then you're if you're not being yourself you're going to attract the wrong type of person who's thinking well i'm going to get that person who i saw on the internet that's why it has to be authentic so your brand personality could be, you know, are, am I a straight talker? Um, am I coming at this from a, a, a as a, a authoritative person? Or am I coming at it as a, somebody who's almost like a friend to, to them and it's a much more soft approach? So the way that you put your content out as well also dictates who you are and how you work with them. If I talk about things in a very, you know, if I was trying to help somebody in a very like, I'm going to be there every step of the way with you um and i'll you know whenever you need help i'll be there you're going to get people whatsapping you a hundred times a day because that's what you've told them you do you're and it might maybe that you do want to do that but for most people you're not trying to be their best friend you're trying to be somebody there to coach them and to help them so the way that you put it across needs to to show that so yeah the, the whatever you put out you need to think about who you want to help and then probably like, how do I need to say it? What way do I need to express that to them? So they understand when they come to me, this is what they're going to get. And this is the support that I provide. I think that's such an important point is the way that you say it and your intention behind it. And I guess like this kind of comes on to what makes you uniquely different, which is like the, one of the steps that you've got here and I think a lot a lot of people don't think about that. They're not intentional with like how they show up or how their message is delivered. And not to like make this all about me, but I, and I think I haven't totally figured this out in my head yet. But I think one of the reasons that I enjoy mentoring so much is that I can be more authentically me. I'm not like I soften myself for the fitness coaching side of things. Like the way that I train myself or the expectations that I have on myself. And the way that I like mentally frame things to myself is probably a bit more tough love and not in a negative way and not in like bullying myself into doing things way, but just like I've got these high expectations because I believe I can achieve a lot. So I wouldn't let myself lower my expectations. Right. 
with the business side, I feel like I can share that. Whereas on the fitness side, I feel like that might turn some people off because it's like, is that unrealistic for someone else who's in a different situation than I am? And I, I kind of struggle with that a little bit. And I actually don't know whether if I was just more authentic, because interestingly, this last week I've been like, I'm getting up at 5 a.m., like an hour earlier than I used to get up because I want to get more done because and from a business perspective like that makes a lot of sense I've enjoyed it so much like not not to like exaggerate at all but I I honestly think for a lot of people getting up an hour earlier will change your life like it's made me so much less stressed I didn't realize that just having that hour more in the morning meant that I was able to get like everything that I needed to get done done and properly plan my day and not kind of rush to get to the gym and like I was kind of doing everything but I'd get to my desk at 9am and I still feel rushed whereas now I don't feel rushed anymore and that impacts again how you show up for that first call of the day but I and and I actually got really good feedback from my fitness account with that whereas that's normally stuff that I probably wouldn't share so much because I you know and there was like a couple of people who like I'm a mum I can't do that I'm like okay I'm not you know like I'm not a mum. I can do that. And I'm not saying that everybody has to do that in order to get results. But I think that's what, whether it's right or wrong, and I mean, normally it's wrong, right? But people interpret that, like whatever you're doing or whatever you're showing us means that's what you think we should be doing. And obviously that's wrong, right? But Yeah, and there's an important difference to point out here is that one of your businesses there the fitness one is um direct to customer like it's a business to a customer whereas af mentors is business to business so the way that you might have to speak to people as a customer they're both customers ultimately but if you think about one is one is a customer and one's almost like a kind of business client the way you deliver you know, the person who's trying to lose weight and change their behaviors and things is probably going to need it a little bit, a little bit softer and not told that they just need to get their, you know, get their ass in gear. But a business might because that's more serious, like you're paying me money to help you make a successful business. You might need a more direct approach. So actually, both might be correct. And both might be authentically you. But you do have to just be a little bit softer here, uh, and a little bit firmer here. Um, and the way that you put those different pieces of content out also might show that like, yes, I'm a little bit softer here, but if you want the, if you want the real tough love business approach, that works, I'm going to give it to you that way. Um, that's an interesting, but yes, your, your clients that don't like you getting up at five in the morning because they can't sharing that isn't a bad thing. And there'll always be somebody who's like, I can't do that. Like then this piece wasn't for you. I, I didn't tell you to do it. I said, I'm doing it. But then also that again, will that person will go, well, actually, maybe this isn't for me, but somebody else who just loves the fact that you get up at 5am will be attracted to you. There'll always be a replacement, probably threefold of people who do want what you're saying to the one person who didn't. So anytime you lose somebody because you were being authentically you, you're probably going to find other people that do want that from you. So it's not something like, I always think it's, it's wrong to try and hide parts of yourself. That, that do relate to what you do. If it's something that's completely, you know, left field and doesn't make sense, then yeah, leave that out. But hiding parts of yourself just because you think that other people might not like it, it's probably actually like holding your business back. 
Yeah, no, I think I think it probably is. Uh, the point I want to touch on because I think it's really interesting and will probably help a lot of people like psychologically is that when you were like, oh, AFM is B two B, it is technically right, but so many personal trainers don't see themselves as a business, and I think in so many areas they would benefit from doing that because it takes away a lot of the negatives, right? So as an example, you put a post out and it doesn't do very well. Some people take that really personally, right? Because you're a personal trainer, it's your post, it's your words, it's whatever. If you see yourself more as a business and that's marketing, okay, that marketing attempt kind of bombed a little bit. What can we learn from it, right? Maybe that topic wasn't right. Maybe the graphic wasn't right. Maybe it was a reel and it shouldn't have been a reel. Maybe it was in the wrong format. Maybe I posted it at the wrong time of day, blah, blah, blah. Like you can see it a little bit more critically and you can take away like, the personal is probably because people don't like me right and then on top of that I think it also becomes so much easier to invest in a business than in yourself like when you think okay well yeah like almost all businesses have investments required to start them online businesses are like one of the very few that you can do for minimal initial investment aside from your time but there would always be an investment right and you would never really think negatively of that whereas it's much harder to invest in yourself now I think most people should also try and question that and get over that and realize that probably the biggest ROI you will get on any investment you make is an investment in yourself but it's a lot easier to invest psychologically in a business so I think it helps from numerous perspectives to see that and then I also think from like a self-worth perspective as well and this is something that I've struggled with and that I've had to try and be quite clear with is like this is this is my business that I own that is a separate entity to me sure I love it and I care about it and you know whatever it's a huge part of my life but it is not me so if the business fails I don't fail right and I think you can end up going into a bit of a spiral if you connect the two too much I'm not saying it's easy to do that and I think I mean like it certainly impacts me when business isn't going well however like it's an important distinction to make that with or without your business you're still your own entity much like when people get mixed up between like body image and their self-worth it's like now you've just replaced that I mean like I'm talking about my own story here but like definitely having abs or being in shape was like a huge part of my self-worth and then I was like I'm totally over that and I am completely over it but I do think being quite self-critical I have just replaced that with business success now business success is my self-worth right so you have Mm -hmm. to be able to be enough without any of those externals not easy but just something to think about yep and I think that's a difficult place to get to especially if your brand is a sort of more personal brand yeah um and it's difficult to do but it's something that yeah will help you long term is to realize that even if it's you know it was called Tom Wright Marketing and I had no clients coming in. It's not because they don't like me. It's pro- probably because my the business, the product, the marketing wasn't being delivered correctly. And I just needed to go and figure out which way would work. What am I doing wrong? Okay, well, what what is it? So let's go back to the basics. What skill do I have that I can help people with? What do other people need? And then I've got to figure out how to join that up because the way I was doing it before wasn't working. So as you said, it's just that business and I just haven't figured out how to join those dots correctly yet. It's not because I'm a bad person, not because I'm 
there's nothing wrong with me and people don't like me. It's just that I haven't clearly communicated how I can deliver value to this person yet. Maybe I was going for the wrong person. Maybe I was providing the wrong product or solution or service, but I've not connected. I've not, I've not made the value for both of us join up yet. And it's, uh, it's all a game at the end of the day. I think it's just figuring out how to, if you just look at it, if you gamify everything, all right, what outcome do I want? I want this person to pay me money for a skill. Okay. Well, I need to connect work backwards from that outcome and look at every step as like a level of the game. And you're just going after the next level, the next level, the next level. And then it becomes fun again because you're not tied to it. You're just playing a game. Yeah. I think thinking about business as a game is honestly so important. Or sometimes I see it as like a science experiment, right? Whatever you resonate with. I think Mm. game works really well. (laughs) This analogy is not going to work well for me because I've literally don't think I've ever played like a PlayStation game, at least not for the last 10 years. But anyway, like when you like quote unquote fail on a round or you die in a mission or whatever, you just start again, right? And you're like, right, I know this time that the sniper's gonna come from that angle or that yeah. Tony yeah. Hawk's whatever is round that corner or some shit. And you're like, now I know better <laughs> the approach to take for next time. You don't just give up, right? And it's the same with business. It's like, yeah, I did this launch, it didn't work. But now I know that doing it that way doesn't work. What tweaks can I make so that next time I try this? I'm doing it better and then yeah it takes away like the the pressure of getting it right first time and the pressure of like knowing it all before you start I did a tweet about this this morning but it was something like the the biggest reason that people procrastinate is because they convince themselves that they don't know enough yet to start and again like the game analogy works so well how could you possibly know what's on this level of Tony Hawk before you actually start playing it you can't like the first time you do it is a bit of a run through you're like you're figuring stuff out the first time you run your online coaching program like it should be good but it's a bit of a run run through you don't really know what you're doing until you start doing it you can have a bit of a better idea but you can't know until you start and then you realize that oh this is just a huge procrastination thing trying to get things perfect before i start which is impossible yeah, we, you don't have to be great to start. You just just have to be good and then you'll figure out the rest as you go. And everybody's the same. I'm figuring this out as I go. You're still figuring bits out as you go. Like, oh yeah, you messaged me earlier and said, oh, do you know about this app for recording? I said, no, I've not heard of that. And okay, well, I think it's going to be better for recording quality and, and then we can cut it up into reels later. Like, awesome. Like we didn't, we're trying this for the first time. Yeah. So it's we're just figuring this out and then people go oh they know about this technology no we don't never used this before i downloaded this well i downloaded it 10 minutes before we started and then you told me i didn't even need to download it so like <laughs> we will figure it out the, the my biggest thing is you can figure anything out on the internet like that's how i learn everything and i just go i'm just good at googling and if i can't see it on google i'm good at youtubing it and I watch somebody else and they'll explain how it's done and you just do that again and again and again and again until you figure out a way that works for you. And I think that the kind of links back to like you have to be passionate about it because if you're not, you won't do all that stuff. Like you won't try again and try again. And what you were saying yeah. about you don't have to be great to start. Like 
my whole thoughts around that is you cannot possibly be great when you start. Like when I talk about coaching, I'm like, you can start as a good coach, right? You've done EIQ, you know what you're doing. You've got your personal training qualification, all this stuff. You are good. I don't know any great coaches who haven't worked with hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of people. Like there is no way that you can get great without doing the reps. Like much like you could do, you could watch a million piano tutorials you can't get great at playing the piano until you've done like thousands and thousands of hours of practice playing the piano. So you've got to kind of approach this stuff in the same way. Yeah, it's it's just pure exposure, exposure and 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 um, like different iterations of trying the same thing again. And and that's I think when you're it's a good little segue into how to build the right product. The first one you build shouldn't be the you know and i am the worst person for this i don't know i'm trying to preach on it but trying to build something that is perfect that has everything everybody needs to know it's got all the information in and then just not shipping it because it's never quite right the best thing to do is create something that is good that delivers what this person needs to know and almost no more because you're in danger of actually putting too much in and then there's a good chance that you won't ever ship that product. Deliver what's called the minimum viable product. So the thing that that person needs and not really much more, and then just get it out and then build it, make it better from feedback. Ask people for feedback on your product, but you can't make it better without somebody trying it and telling you what was good and what was bad. So whatever you're doing right now, you don't know if it's right or not. So to build a product, you have to send it out. You have to get the feedback. And then you just do version 2.0, version 2.5, version 7, 9, 11. And you make it a little bit better each time. And maybe actually after doing the first version, somebody said that was great, but actually maybe try it from this angle. And it's a slightly different product altogether. And when I'm talking about this, I'm talking kind of like in a, like talking about it like an ebook or whatever it is. But it's the same if it's a training program. Same if it's an online coaching platform, whatever you, however you deliver it, just build the most basic version, which is probably something like a Facebook group and sending out Excel sheets um, with program on it. And maybe a, a PDF that's done on word. That's like a, a nutrition doc or however you deliver this, whatever the most basic version is. And then the group will comment back with what they like and what they need. What do you need? Okay, we'll put that in next time. I mean, I'm, I don't know why I'm talking about this. This is your your arena, but it's just to build it, ship it, and then rebuild it again and again and again. But you'll never get it right from the start. And you'll always be rebuilding it. Like I, I've changed yeah. the AFM business model a few times. We've changed the IQ. I changed Commit 6 every intake. Like EC is still developing. Obviously, we had a bit of a head start with that because I'd already built numerous businesses before and I kind of knew what was going to work to an extent. But again, it's it's more numbers. So it's a slightly different model of delivering information and how you can coach people. So it's always like you're always tweaking and, and finding ways to improve. And then I was just thinking about like some of the most successful coaches on AFM change their business model quite a lot. And what's interesting is it's normally a simplification. So normally people go through mm -hmm. this stage of like, maybe they start with something fairly simple. And then what I think happens, and this has happened to me, 
you just build on top of it, on top of it, on top of it, right? So you're like, right, this is a good structure, then I'm going to add this. And then the next time you add that, and then you add this, and actually it becomes really overcomplicated. And then if you strip it back to get the feedback and be like, what are the most important aspects here? Because more isn't better, and actually more just overcomplicates things and like adds too much for your clients. And then you spend half your time explaining what this bit is and that bit is, and you don't need to do that bit, but we added it two rounds ago because somebody asked for it and blah, 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 blah. And you're just like, no you will not please everyone exactly so you have to go with like the majority and knowing what works but a a simpler approach like I can't explain enough how your ability to grow your business is essentially your ability to simplify it not to it's Pareto's law isn't it pardon it's like Pareto's law it's like 20 percent of what you're doing is probably delivering 80 percent of the value you know adding three different levels of service that you offer um while you know technically you know can be helpful in terms of selling um it's probably just taking away energy you have to really deliver a great service in the one that does the most business so yeah taking yeah stripping things right back i'm trying to tell everybody this is a good thing about um the way to look at messaging and, and your marketing. If you're trying to talk about 10 different things, you're not really talking about anything specifically, which then comes down to sort of niching and, and communicating what value you offer. If I'm, again, a PT is a great example. Somebody who's trying to talk about fat loss and, and nutrition and training and menopause and behavior change and PCOS and met training over 50 and it's too much and people just get confused and also there are too many people that you're sort of shooting at there so strip it right back focus down on what what are the three things that I talk about and talk about with passion and you know excitement and I want to keep exploring and create them them as your sort of three main topics your pillars of content and then just write down one, two, three, and then below that, write 10 different things you could say about this. And then just do that again and again and again. Just keep posting about those three main topics because then there's always a clear thread from every one of those posts or videos or podcasts you do back to who you are, what you do, and who you help. And that's Somebody how said you to get me that, known for one thing, right? If, if anyone says habits, you're like James Clear. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it, to, yeah. to an extent, it probably annoys him now because he's he's kind of like typecast, isn't he? It's like, yeah, you can talk about other stuff, but we don't really care. Like, we just want to hear you talk about habits again and again and again. And it's like, do you want some tough love? Cool. Mark Manson. Or like, you know, certain things you just link to a certain person. I'm sure they talk about other things. I'm sure they've got knowledge in other things. I'm sure they have interest in other areas. But generally, it comes back to that for that person. So it doesn't mean like, and if you get James Clear's emails, which are awesome, by the way, he doesn't only talk about habits, but that's what he's known for, right? So like a lot of it does come back to that. And I would say that's probably what most people want to get to is like, yeah, there's loads of things I could talk about, but I'm going to focus on talking about X, right? And I would say if you're looking at my social media content, because Almost everything that Tom's just said, I've probably spoken about in the last couple of weeks. I'm quite a bad example of this, so I wouldn't copy me. 
But I think one of the reasons for that is that, and, and I wouldn't suggest this either, but I'm kind of trying to sell numerous things from one platform, right? So if I only spoke about one thing, but I'm also trying to promote EIQ, which is obviously like everything a personal trainer needs to know about nutrition, that's quite hard to do. Or I'm trying to like sell different products for different people. Like it's, it's not what I would suggest that people do to build a business. Like it's much easier to be known for one thing, not just from a standpoint of being known for that, but actually legitimately becoming an expert in it. Because I, you know, I'd know way more about menopause if I only ever read about menopause. I only ever spoke about menopause. I only ever went to menopause conferences and blah, 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 blah. Like, of course I would legitimately be an expert in that area. And if you're trying to do numerous things, then you have to accept that, that there's an opportunity cost that comes with that. Yes, I, I agree. And yes, you have posted about all these different things, but I think that, and I'm going to tell you kind of what I would view as your brand. Okay. As Emma Story Garden, I would say that you are a, like a fitness entrepreneur, but you've come from a science background and you are great at communicating complex topics very simply. And what that has allowed you to do is to help to educate people in different areas using the different businesses that you're able to build. So actually I wouldn't say you're, I would say you're a fitness entrepreneur and educator. So you were maybe at one point a PT that focused on such and such. But then at the same time, I would always have said, but she's also a scientist because that's, that's where you were, you know, that's where you're interested in. That's what you were working in as well. And that's all your posts were, here's the science behind it. And you built the authority to be able to talk about things like this. And people would believe you because you would show, oh no, I do my research. None of these posts are just things that I read on somebody else's blog. Mm. Yeah. So you're able to talk about all these different things because you've you've done that over time and people have been around for a long time and they understand that yes you're talking about these different topics but that's because that's probably for this business and that's for that business because you you're an entrepreneur in fitness businesses so it does make sense when you put it out nothing nothing you put out you know doesn't have a tie back to something that you own or do yeah so i think that's why it works for you but again can't stress this enough you've been doing this for over a decade like new pts don't have that luxury yet you start out small focused and then over time you'll you'll branch out but I you have to almost focus first yeah and then build definitely focus first and then one thing i have done quite well whether it was initially intentional or not is created solutions to my audience's problems so as you say, like a lot of them were personal trainers, right? And me and I were like, there isn't good, applicable nutrition education, right? We could see that there was a problem, there was a gap in the market, and that we were best placed to, to create a solution to that problem. Same with the, the business mentoring. I was like, there isn't women doing this. There isn't people who understand marketing from a female perspective. There isn't, in my opinion, people who are actually still doing it and who have their fingers in like in the pies or like they're in the trenches like online coaching moves so quickly that if you're like yeah 10 years ago I had a really busy gym it's like 
cool, what knowledge do you have of actually coaching clients now in the way that we coach clients now? Like, that's very different, right? And someone who wasn't just talking about money and blah, 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 and like basically just a mix of Tony Robbins and probably now who else is up there? I don't know, a couple of other courses that's like hard selling and, and like cold DMs and blah, 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 these mm. certain techniques. So I was like, you don't need to sell out to build a business. And in fact, it's like the quick fix of building a business. It's like going on your six week juice plus cleanse or whatever. But people, you know, you wouldn't fall for that in the fitness world as a personal trainer, but you're falling for it in the business world. And you'll get results short term, like you'll get that whole, oh, yeah, I spent a load on ads, got these leads. Cool. I've got people in my business. But if you don't know how to serve those people in your business, then your business won't last. Right. And if it's not built, like Tom was saying, off things that you are genuinely passionate about, then it's like, yeah, it's a quick fix. Maybe you make 10 grand that 10 grand months that everyone's talking about. But actually, you collected three months of coaching in one month and wow you hit 10 grand but if you don't coach those people well because you're so busy dming people for more clients you've got no retention right and you quickly burn through that so there is like this yeah there's a bit of a that kind of trend in business mentoring and I guess that again there was a problem there and I was like I want to find a solution to this and and I think the real problem to me was we'd helped create so many amazing coaches on AFM, sorry, on EIQ, that a lot of them didn't know how to market themselves. And I was like, the best coaches in the industry aren't busy because they're not selling themselves. They're not marketing themselves. They don't know enough about business. Whereas the coaches who were like, nah, I'm going to just focus on sales and marketing. Like they were doing better despite the fact that they probably can't help people in the same way that others can so I was like we need to make sure that the best coaches are actually helping the most people yep um the people and the people who were doing well because of the sales and marketing probably had an incredibly high turnover rate of people who signed up because they felt I'll say fell for it's maybe not right because they believed the promises that they were being told and then it probably didn't live up to that um and then you've got the great coaches who can deliver that, but maybe just don't have the confidence or the understanding to, to go, hey, look, I can help you lose weight and keep it off because I genuinely understand how these you know, mechanisms in the body work and I understand the mindset that you need to have behind it and I can help you with the behavior change to make it last rather than a, I'm, I'm jumping into this diet and then I'm going to jump out at some point and it you know, and then it goes back to the way it was before because there was no real, no real change. And one of the one of the biggest or most um, popular posts I put out recently was that focusing on principles means you can do the methods for you can do any method you want for life if you understand the principles behind something. You can choose a range of methods, but if you just learn the one method, you don't fully understand it, and that method will eventually stop working. Or probably won't work in the first place because you didn't fully understand how to do it. Um, and I, I also spoke to somebody recently, and I, was, I said, "Don't, don't fall for people who sell systems, but don't show you what the system is up front. They should be showing you what the system is, 
and the value they deliver is the context and delivery of that system. Because as human beings, we crave systems and structure and method. These words work really well in marketing and they're not bad words. They're great words because you develop a system or a method and you can help somebody to apply that, but you have to teach them the principles that go along with it. If they're going to learn it for life, that's what a coach should be. They don't have to understand all the science, but they need to know why they're doing something. So understanding the principles of fat loss, of muscle building, of behavior change will help them internalize it and carry that on for the rest of their life. Whereas if you just teach them a, a you know, high volume and carb cycling training plan, it'll work for six weeks. They'll probably be miserable at the end, but they'll look great. And then they'll go back to the way they were. Yeah. It's like a meal plan, so, right? Like giving someone a meal plan versus teaching them actually how to eat to get long-term results and then I think the other hard thing about selling that it's harder to sell right it's harder to sell a sustainable approach and good coaching and teaching people methods and principles behind them versus just stick to this meal plan for six weeks right so if you're trying to sell actual good coaching then you need to be better at marketing than the person that's selling the six week fix. Right. So again, like that's often why people need more support when they're actually a better coach. Yeah. You, the best thing you can do there is if you're a great coach, you've probably got some clients. You need to talk to those clients and ask them what they struggled with, or especially when they're coming to you to start with, when you first get a client on, do a deep dive on why they're coming to you because that's going to inform how to get more people like them to come to you because you believe you can deliver a great service to this person and get them the results. You know, you're not tricking anybody. So ask them why they came to you specifically because that's how you get more people like them to come to you. So ask them and make a note of the words that they use and it won't be, and, and it won't just be lose weight. It'll probably be like tried everything, yo-yo dieting, overwhelmed. Dig into it and, and ask them what the feelings they have right now are. And they might just be like, I'm tired of trying. These are the words that they're using. These are the words that you can use in your messaging to market to the people who you want to help. They're probably, you know, for me, I got a lot of people who played sport to quite a high level at school, university, you know, 20s, stopped, work got in the way, 30s come around, then they would come to me because I played sport to a high level, but managed to keep it going. So they come to me as the person that would help them to get back into it. Because I was putting out content, here's me training, I'm still in good shape. And I understand, I obviously understand the principles behind it. That's why I'm able to keep doing it for a long time. They would come to me to to teach them the principles to go and do that themselves. So I would ask them to tell me in their own words, why they were here, how they felt. And I'd write them down and I would use the feeling word, like the emotional words. I wouldn't just say get ripped. It's not that good a marketing tool at the end of the day. It would be uh, understanding because they want the, a lot of these people don't want to be told they want to be taught. Yeah. And that's not for everybody, but for me, yeah. that's what worked for me is that they knew that I understood it. So, and I can teach it in a, a simple, clear way. So they were like, teach me how to do it. 
and then almost let me go and do it. Perfect. That's what I want to do. I don't want to be your best friend. I mean, I, I love working with people, but you know, I, I, I don't want WhatsApp's going off every five minutes. I want them to go away and text me and be like, having a great time, smashed it. Thanks for that. See you Monday. Perfect. So the way that I would put my content out would, would bring these people in. And it's because I listened to what they said and used those words in marketing. Yeah. And I think that's, you nailed it. Like coming back to the USP and what makes you different, you should be able to, with your content, have people think this person understands me. Like all your content should be around this person understands me. So for example, I put something out the other day about menopause. And I think like part of it, it said something about, like give yourself a break it's usually the time of life when you've got teenage kids who require a lot very demanding very stressful you're at the pinnacle of your career like that time of life usually is when you've kind of got up to like a higher level and you've usually got aging parents as well right so you've got like pressure from all these different angles and now you're physically going through something like that's a hell of a lot to deal with and I had a couple of people mention that part when they messaged me hey you mentioned this isn't this it's exactly me right what they're saying is you understand how I feel because of the words that I've used, because of the ways that I've explained it, because of the insight that I have from exactly what Tom's saying, listening to people. I've worked with thousands of women who are going through the menopause. I just listen to them. Like that is your best source of marketing, understanding, bettering your coaching, bettering your message. But what I will say is the questions that you ask matter. So if you just say to your clients, mm. tell me how you feel when you, when you joined, they'll be like, uh yeah I joined for fat loss like if you ask shit questions you'll get shit answers like simple as right for any area of life but I spent quite a long time on the latest EC methods um type form that we did for feedback and I was thinking about the wording of the questions and the kind of stuff that we wanted to get back from people and what I wanted them to think about as they were answering the questions and even like the order of the questions as well, like there's a bit of an art and a science to it. And we've had the most incredible testimonials, feedback, marketing, like clips that we can use because of the way that we've asked the questions this time. Like it's different just sending a feedback form and being like, why did you join? Uh, like, what would you say to someone else who was going to join? Like, nah, think about it a little bit more and think about your target market. Like, what were the main issues you had? How do you feel now versus then? What was the biggest mindset when you had? Like, if your marketing is all about mindset, ask about that. If your marketing is all about how many inches someone's lost, ask them about that, right? Like, what what's the hook for people? And get people to talk about those things. Like, if you want to talk about, a, a question I often ask is like, what barriers did you have before you started? And a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I listened to the podcast for six months and I was always like, oh, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. And I always wished I'd taken the plunge sooner, but hey, I did it eventually. So to anyone listening that's like not, you know, has been listening for ages, but hasn't signed up yet. Like I really recommend that you do. You get so much more from actually doing the program versus just listening to the podcast or like word for word. People are like, I thought I could just follow the podcast. And there's probably people like I know that listen to the podcast that think exact same. But when I signed up, everything changed, right? That's the kind of stuff that you want like genuinely from someone who has done that to tell other people that you know are going to be in that position. Yeah, um, I love the the question. What was the, the catalyst that finally made you want to change? What was that moment? What happened that made you go, this is it? 
something's got to, this matters to me and I'm going to go and do something about it. And that's a great way to to see. Yeah, like sometimes it's really random stuff or like it's stuff that you think was like a throwaway comment. Like the other thing that's interesting and this like was all fresh in my head because we're just finishing an EC round and just launching another one. But hearing what people, what like resonated with people most. So like imperfect action comes up a lot. Um, I think a line I said once about your body is not a bin that comes up a lot and you think a lot of the time you say this stuff and you never think about it again and actually hearing it from clients of like oh no that was the thing that I always think about that like at the end of a meal when there's like some left but I'm full I'm like Emma in my head your body's not a bin if you're full like don't just finish your plate for no reason like oh okay that sticks like that works for people cool that's good to know like even feedback around that kind of stuff maybe not so much in your marketing or you can use it for marketing but even repeating that for clients it's what they call and you said the word there it's what they call sticky content or like sticky messaging what are the what are the things that stuck that you keep hearing write that down literally stick stick it on a post-it and stick it on the bottom of your laptop or whatever because these are the things that made the people sit up and take notice and make a change and come to you if they keep saying it back to you you're going to have to repeat that because it's obviously something that resonates with a lot of people. So it's a great marketing tactic is just, just listen, what stuck, what made people actually come and make the change and and take action. Okay. I'm going to use that again. Yeah. And then I think I'll just say this because I say this all the time, but you cannot ironic saying this all the time, but you cannot repeat yourself enough. I think we're all like, Oh no, I would never like repost old content. I'm like, more than half of your following didn't see that old content fucking repost it especially if it was more than a couple of weeks ago like if it did well reword it do it again don't even reword it just do it again like say the same things again and again and it kind of comes back to like being known for one thing like if i'm known for imperfect action great like as long as i don't get bored of talking about it i'll just keep talking about it i'll keep going with it because it works right and it resonates with people and it's helpful as hell so this is the content uh, pillars in action of one of your pillars, probably mindset around diet and nutrition and training and everything. Imperfect action is one of the topics that falls into that pillar. So you put it in your, your you know, you have it in your, if you want to physically write it down or if it's just something you can keep in your head, it's up to you. But I like writing them down because then when I'm stuck for a content idea, what have I not? Okay, I've talked about this and this this week. I haven't talked about that this week. And then I scroll. Which one do I want to focus on? So scroll down there. Oh, I haven't talked about. Um, I haven't talked about the. Oh, what was the one I said to you that you you did yesterday? Uh, what did I do yesterday? Your five people have five of your peers have joined. Oh yeah. I can't remember what you what you called that. Yeah, so I, I will go the, down the list, read through it. I haven't talked about that for a while. I'm going to talk about that again. And I'm not posting the exact same post, but I'm going to talk about that topic again in a slightly different way. And maybe actually this time the person will read it and go, oh, yeah, that's great. I really enjoyed that one. Just because it's delivered slightly differently. Yeah, you called it a bandwagon effect. Yeah, so we we 
we do what the majority of people do. If lots of people are doing something, more people will join. It's called the bandwagon effect. If I see everybody's buying this type of shoe, I'm more likely to go and buy that shoe as well. It's That's trends. You said five of your peers have just joined. So I immediately think, oh, all of my peers are doing this. I should too. And then you said, join them or book your call too. So you've put in a call to action to tell me that they've done it, I should as well. And then just to prove that, you posted the screenshot of the email saying that they had booked calls, which is social proof. So you've you've shown me that you've done the bandwagon effect, you've given me a call to action, you've then given me the social proof afterwards to show that you weren't lying, they genuinely have. So now I've seen it twice. Now I'm gone. And it's not even aimed at me, but I read it and was like, I need to book a call. Yeah. Like it's, that's how strong the effect is. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess it's like, you don't want to miss out. But I do think, I think that yeah. piece of advice that like you said, you know, you could write down these pillars or you could just leave them in your head, write them down. 100% write them down. Right. Like, I feel like you've got them in your head, but you've been doing it for so long that you can, you can do that. You know what you need to talk about, but the majority should go, I want to talk about X, Y, and Z big, you know, slightly bigger picture topics, and then narrow down to what 10 things could I do posts on around weight loss, around muscle building. I always just use this as examples. Obviously it's, there's a whole bunch of stuff you can talk about as a PT, but they're just the kind of obvious ones. And they're the ones that most people want to, that's, that's what they want. That the outcomes, right? Yeah. So, and I think this, comes look, back to they life. should be outcomes as topics, almost like what do people really want to get out of my service? Yeah. And then I would say, so I did a post, well, I've written a post, haven't posted it yet, but I even think like thinking about, and this, this would have been different six months ago. So doing this quite frequently, but like coming back to USP or what makes you different, like, these are the four principles that I of my coaching, at least at the moment. Putting mood first, so doing things that improve your mood as the primary focus, right? Like that's how you build motivation, right? No one else is mm-hmm. really talking about that, Good. apart from the person who just screenshotted myself and reposted it. Apart from her, no one else is talking about that. Not <laughs> in that frame, right? Imperfect action. Like I've basically managed to talk about that enough that I own it now, right? Then responding, not reacting. Again, like has been so influential in my life that I don't mind talking about it all the time. And then empowered choices, because that's the thing that keeps coming back from my clients. Like, okay, I'm not telling myself that I have to do this anymore. I'm telling myself that I get to do this. And I I think that is fundamental to long-term change because otherwise you're always working against yourself. Like if you're always telling yourself, I have to go to the gym or I can't eat that, you're always going to resent the process because you're always going to work against yourself. You're like swimming up sw- upstream. Whereas if you're telling yourself, I am choosing to do this because it's in line with my goals, it's so much more motivating. Like that's something you can be proud of. So yeah, those are like my four pillars. I would recommend that people think about like what, what that's what makes my coaching different. So it might look the same. We might have the same app even. We might have we might have set the exact same calories. We might have even set the exact same workouts. What makes me different is I frame it in a different way, right? And what makes Tom a different coach is he frames it in a different way. Even if we had the same niche, the same app, the same calories, the same workouts, the coaching is different. And that's why it's different. 
yeah at the end of the at the end of the day with with your entire business brand it's what do you want to be known for i think that's the key question is what do i want to be known for because that's how people are going to describe you so what what you want to be known for is the thing that you want the people who are buying from you to want from you and then when you're posting things or creating content or whatever talking to someone on the gym floor or or you know having dm conversations what do i want to be known for because what do i want them to get out of this and think that's valuable from me and then does the way that i am presenting myself in the world link back to that or not and that's effectively your brand your brand should always be your your value proposition of i help x do y and avoid z um and then your your post should always tie back into that this is there's yeah. a good jeff bezos quote of yeah. a, a brand's not what you say it is or or a brand's what other people say about you when you're not in the room i like that not what you say it is it's what they say it is so you can influence that but you have to be influencing that in the way that is you know true to what you want to want to be known for what an excellent way to round this up that has been very interesting for me i hope the listeners have found it interesting too if anyone wants to find you and follow you where uh my instagram or my twitter is at tom right now um and i will be launching a little marketing course very soon um but i'll leave the details of that for maybe number three yeah we can do another one um but yeah that'll be coming in about a month time so working on that at the moment and look forward to sharing it but love chatting to you about this again emma thank you brilliant thank you so much for your time bye bye